You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When you look at this verse, Psalm 52 and 9, I think you, you will agree with me that the psalm is at the time was happy. He was happy. He was satisfied. He was not just happy inwardly. He was satisfied to the point to where he had to express it. And he was specifically happy about the doings of God to the point to where he expressed it with a praise. I said he expressed it with a praise. Look at, look at the first part again. Now we just read it, but look at it again. He says, I will praise you forever. Because you have done it. He was happy. And praise in one sense says about you that you have some joy. Praise says about you when it's in reference to God that you're thankful that he is in your life. You're thankful as a Christian that he is the God of your salvation. Thankful as a Christian that he saved you or helped you when you couldn't help yourself. And and you have to really look at the words of the psalmist in detail in that he first talks about how he is going to praise the Lord, notice, forever. Now, when you break down forever, in one sense, it was, it says to us that the psalmist was determined to praise God in the good as well as the bad times. See, when you're going to praise him forever or at all times, it says no matter what you go through, you're going to send up some Judah to God. You're going to put your hands together. And sometimes we go through things that as a normal human being, most folks wouldn't be happy about. But we should be different as Christians. We should recognize that despite what we go through, God is still worthy of a praise. We especially should give God a praise at all times when we understand scriptures like Romans 8 and 28 that lets us know despite what we go through, it's still going to work out for our good. 
we are still going to come out on top despite going through periods of being on the bottom. And don't act as if you have never been down and out. How many by a show of hands you've been down and out before? Is it, isn't it something about how God can turn your situation completely around? I said he'll turn your situation completely around. It's amazing how some of us went through some things this month, this week, that we were looking at from just a natural standpoint and wondered how it was going to work out. We knew it was going to work out because of the promise of God, but the way God did it, it, it deserved a praise. The way God handled the whole situation deserved a clap, deserved a leap, deserved a turn in victory. Maybe I'm just talking about folk on this side. Maybe it ain't nobody over here. God didn't work anything out fighting. But some of us got a testimony this morning about how God fixed it. Oh, God, tell somebody if it be true, God fixed it for me. Oh, he fixed it for me. And that's the reason I got a praise for him right now. Because sometimes you can think about what God has done. You can think about how God turned it around. You can think about how God showed up and showed out. You can think about how God did it when you wasn't expecting it and you'll put your hands together. You'll stomp your feet. You'll leap for joy. You'll turn in victory. You'll even tell somebody, it ain't nobody like my Jesus. It ain't nobody like my Lord. It ain't nobody like my Redeemer. It ain't nobody that can turn it. It ain't nobody that can fix it. It ain't nobody that can work it out like my Jesus. So some say, I'm going to praise you forever. And again, that's saying something. Because we go through stuff in this mind. In this body. But he said, you're going to get the praise. Monday, you're going to get the praise. Yeah, the band helped me praise you today. But tomorrow, I ain't going to have no band. I'm still going to give you some Judah. I'm still. Yeah, I'm going to be in, in, in the presence of that supervisor that don't like me. But I'm still going to give you the glory. I'm still going to give you the praise. Gotta go to the doctor and he always negative, but despite his negativity, I'm still gonna clap my hands. I'm still gonna give you the glow. Will you ask somebody for me? Is God worthy of a praise at all times? When you ask one more person, is God worthy of a praise when you're going through hard times? Is God worthy of a praise when everything that can go wrong is taking place? Is he still worthy of a leap? Is he still worthy of a victory? I will praise you at all times.
But then he is specific about something in the text that he does not elaborate about, but, but, but he says enough for us to know that God worked it out for him. He said, I will praise you forever. Why? Because you have done it. Can't nobody do it like Jesus. I said, can't nobody do it like Jesus. Jesus will do it so good to where you really can't explain it in words. All you can do is just lift your hands and say, God did it. Have you ever had a God did it moment folk ask you, how in the world did this work out for you? And the only thing you could do was say, God did it. He said, you have, you have done it. He didn't try to take the credit. He didn't try to take the glory. He didn't try to give the credit of the glory to somebody else because he knew the way it worked out. It was nobody but God. There are some things that, that, that we might as well just sit back and just look at and say out of our mouth, this going to be a job for Jesus. They said it won't work out, that this going to happen, but it's nothing too too hard for God is nothing impossible for him it's just going to be a job for Jesus and when all is said and done God will do the impossible for you he'll work out what's hard for you he'll turn out what man say can't be turned out or turn around just for his child how many know you're a child of God don't you ever think your God will not turn things completely around for you? Don't you ever think just because it's too hard for you or somebody else that the Lord is incapable of working it out? I come to tell you what God said to Sarah. There is nothing too hard for him. There is nothing he can not do. You better have found somebody and tell him I agree with preacher. There is nothing too hard for our God. You know what he had to ask Sarah? Is there anything too hard for me? Yeah, I know you're 90. Yeah, I know you're old. But nine months from now, you're going to have a bouncing baby boy and you're going to name him Isaac because nothing is too hard for me. And in the course of God calls to show up a baby boy just for his child Sarah at the age of 90. Say to somebody, it ain't never over until God says it's over. It ain't never done until God says it's done. Don't ever count yourself out. Don't ever agree to what a person has said until God and told you it's so. Don't say amen to the report. Don't agree with what the doctor or the professional has said. It's not over until I will praise you. How long? Forever. Why? You have done it. 
if God never does one more thing for us, he's worthy of praise until we die. He done done enough for us to where we should vow or dedicate ourselves as an instrument to praise him until the day we die. Am I talking right? God does some amazing things. I I, got to show you a couple of things. Job had went through horrendous things. Lost his children. Lost possessions. Friends turned their back on him. Wife turned her back on him. But God stood with him. God stood with him. And then God did something special for him. I'm just going to show you one verse. Because the, the one verse is a summation of, of, of all that God did for Job. Job 42. Lord have mercy. Y'all ready? Last chapter of Job, or Job 42, is where we're going. Verse 12. Now the Lord. Bless the latter days of Job. Retirement years. More than his beginning. I better read that again. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And it goes on to elaborate on what all he blessed him with, not only in verse 12, but it continues until the end talking about his blessings. But all we need to know is in the first clause, God bless his latter years more so than the beginning. And if you remember in the first chapter of Job, it talked about how when it came to the region he was in, he was the richest person in that region. But God blessed him even more so than he was blessed in the beginning. And even though he lost children, God restored back to him children. Now, anytime I read stuff like this, I I, I have to automatically go to Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Or Malachi 3 and 6, God changes not. Because if God did something miraculous for Job, who going to be next? Now, I know you got them crazy folk that say God done with miracles, but no, they, 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 they need to come here. Because we got, a, we, we, got a, we got a miracle named Albert Jr. Bray. Yes, we have. We got some miracles in here. God did not stop the miraculous when he fixed it for Job. He's still 
doing amazing things. Y'all know Albert Jr. Brick? That's a miracle. Now, I, I could have went to any row in here and pulled out a miracle. How many know you are, you are a miracle? God has not stopped working miracles. God did it for Job. He did it. You see it? Let's go just a little bit further. Lord have mercy. Let's, let's go back to uh, the book of Psalm now. Lord have mercy. And we want to consider Psalm 107 for a minute. See, your neighbor, God ain't, God, God just do amazing things. Now consider Psalm 107 and 20. Look at what he did corporately. We've seen what he did individually, but look at what he, do, he did corporately. Psalm 107 and 20. And keep in mind, we, we, we are referencing what the Psalm Psalm is said in Psalm 52 and 9. He was going to praise God forever because of what he had done. And we've seen that God not only did something for the psalmist, but he did something for Job. But here in Psalm 107 and 20, notice the corporate doing of God. He sent his word. Y'all holding on? And healed them. But he didn't stop with healing. And delivered them from their destructions. He sent his what? In the word, God didn't go himself. Say to, say to your neighbor, God's word is so powerful. That if you just receive what he speaks, it'll heal you and deliver you. Look at the verse again. He sent his and it and out of what? Say to your neighbor, this still applies to God's word. Oh, he's sending it right now. I said he's sending it right now. And he ain't sending it just for you to be able to get happy. He's sending it for somebody to get healed. Sending it for somebody to get delivered. God changes. He sent his word and it. It don't take a hand laid upon you. It don't take a pill. It don't take surgery. Not all the time. You may have to, you may have to do this, that, and the other, but never count out God's word when it comes to you getting the healing. Never count out God's words when it comes to you being delivered from whatever you may be wrapped up, tied up, or tangled up in. Never count out God's word. Look at the verse again. He sent his word and it It heal and deliver them. The word. That's the reason sometimes when you're going through it, come to church looking for your healing. 
come to church looking for your healing. But, but don't be sad. Don't be sitting in your seat talking about I can't wait to pastor give the altar call. You ain't got to wait to no altar call. When the word is going forward based upon this verse is the time you need to begin your healing. When, when I get to talking about healing or God get to telling me to elaborate on healing, that's your sign right there. I got to take it right now. I got to receive it right now. And will it work? Yes. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my words. Heaven and earth shall but not my words. If he sent his word two, three thousand years ago to heal and deliver, he'll send his word right now. And if you wake up tomorrow morning needing healing and deliverance, or you find out on Saturday evening that you need healing and deliverance, he will yet send his word and it will heal and deliver you. Do you believe that? The psalmist said again in Psalm 52 and 9, I will praise you forever. In the good and the bad. Because you have done it. But notice back in Psalm 52 and 9, as the psalmist continues, he goes on to say, and, and in the presence of your saints, but we could say at the church, in your house, I'm going to wait on your name. <laughs> wait equates expect. When I do go to church, I'm expecting something. When I go to church, I'm going to be hoping for something. Church is not a place where the number one thing is socializing. Nothing wrong with socializing at the church. But the church is for worship. And one part of worship should be you expecting God to do for you what needs to be done. I'm going to wait on your name in the presence of the saints. And notice, it is an expectation for God to do something. I'm expecting for you to do something in the presence of your saints. That's powerful. Let me show you something. Let's go to Psalm 27. Lord have mercy. Now notice again the psalmist said he was going to wait. Now consider Psalm 27 and 14. 
We are told how to wait. And what's going to happen if we wait right? See, you can wait wrong. We don't want to wait wrong. We want to wait right. And if we wait right, something going. Look at, look at what he says here in Psalm 27 and 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good what? You got to be courageous while you're waiting on God. See, see, you, you don't, you don't want to be waiting and, and while you're waiting, the enemy steals your joy. Seals your testimony. You, you have to be courageous or of good courage while you're waiting on the promise of God. Be, because if not, the, if, if the enemy can steal your testimony or steal your faith, he is going to steal your blessing ultimately. Because you overcome whatever you battle in one sense based upon your testimony. You end up with a good report or testimony based upon your faith. Not only your faith that you hear from the word, but your faith that you hide in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. What is the word? Romans 10 and 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Of God. Romans 1 and 17. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The faith is the word of God. So I've got to, I've got to keep the word of God. And I have to do so with courage. Yeah, just this week the enemy been trying to rob you of your healing. Rob you of what you know God told you. God told you, yeah, you're going through this, but I'm going to bring you out of this. But you done let the enemy rob. It's time for you to get your healing back. Time for you to get your testimony back. You say, can I get it back? Yes, God will restore what the enemy has taken away. God will restore what the enemy fleeced from you. But notice he says again, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and look at what's going to happen. Read it. Read it. Read. Strengthen your what? Your heart. Your mindset. Your choices. Strengthen your attitude. Cause you to be more optimistic. Because see, when, when you're optimistic, it says about you that you're hopeful. And see, hope is a part of faith. For Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hope for. Now hope is so powerful and, and, and related to waiting and expecting in that it causes you to be saved based upon Romans 8 and 24 and 25. For it says we are saved by hope. But then it says this right here. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why should a person hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, then do we wait for it with what? Endurance. 
I got to be of good courage. I got to fight. I can't let the enemy take, take what I have on the inside of me, though I'm not seeing a manifestation yet. You ain't got to worry about the manifestation because if God said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Why is that? God is not a man that he should lie, not the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? Will he not bring it to pass? Say to your neighbor, if God said it, he going to bring it to pass. You know Isaiah 55, once he sends forth his it will not return unto him. I've got to wait. And I've got to be of good courage. And he's going to strengthen my heart. And see, sometimes we need strength because we go through warfare. Don't be upset when the enemy or your circumstances try to, try to make you doubt God. That's what circumstances do. That's what the enemy does. And the enemy can use your cousin. The enemy can use your best friend. And if you ask Job, the enemy will use your spouse. Does not matter. Whoever yields him or herself to the enemy, the enemy will surely use but I got to wait, be of good courage, and let him just strengthen me. Man, and I have been down, and, but, but holding on, and, and Lord have mercy, when God starts to empower you, when God starts to work on you, when he starts to build you up, it's like going from night to day. That's how much he changes you. And, and don't expect when you get to battling that, that is something wrong going on. No. Again, it's just part of the course. But in the midst of your battle, you still have to hold on. You still have to wait until God does what he promised. What, because God does not want you to cast away your hope. He does not want you to cast away what he promised you. The Hebrew writer said it a little different in Hebrews 10 and 35. He said, cast, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance or courage that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For he that shall come will come. And then he puts a, he puts a promise on it and will not tarry. A delay. And what that says about God, it's going to be on his time. It's going to be exactly at the time that he ordained it to take place. Not on your time. It's going to be on his time. He ain't going to delay. If he said he's going to do it Thursday at 9.02. 9.02, that's when it's going to happen. But when he says that he's not going to tarry, it does not mean on your time table. It's his time table. See, because God understands what needs to transpire before he blesses you. He understands what needs to unfold before he gives you your healing. He understands what needs to take place before he gives you the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running over. How does he understand that, Pastor? Because he's omniscient. 
There is nothing he does not know. He understands everything. God is so intelligent to where the scripture reveals to us that he even, he even knows every hair on our head. He even knows when a hair has fallen from my head. We can be walking and one has just fell out, but you may not recognize it, but God recognizes it. That's how much he knows. So in the midst of your battle, when it gets to hurting, you just have to say to yourself, I'm just going to wait because God would not allow this to happen if it wasn't necessary. I'm just going to trust him until salvation takes place. And I'm going to continue to praise him forever in the good and the But then he says this right here in Psalm 52 and 9. I'm going to wait on you. But then he says specifically that he's going to wait on God's name. He's going to wait on the name. See, see, God's name is definitive. God's name is definitive in one sense. In that it is supreme or carries all authority. That's the reason on the day of Pentecost in, in the book of Acts, the second chapter, the 21st verse and following, Peter began to reveal to, to the thousands that were listening. There is one name whereby we can be saved. And he let them know that that name was Jesus. The definitive name. The, the, the name that has been given the authority. And that's the reason God's name is definitive also in the sense of being the final. Or the last. That's the reason John the Revelator, when he identified Jesus, he identified him as the first, the last, the alpha, the omega. Why? Because when it comes to God, God has the final say. You can shut the book, but the book ain't really going to be shut for good until God decides to shut it. You can say it's over, but it's truly not over until God says it's over. Because God has the final say. And whenever a child of God gets the definitive name of God in his or her being, certain things that people say will not rattle them to the point to where they start agreeing with folk. Because one of the worst things we can do is agree with somebody that's stating something in contrast to the will of God. When, when, when somebody tells you out of their limited knowledge, out of their limited resources, that your situation is not going to get better, they are trying to step if not before a few seconds into the steed of God. But 
listen to me, child of God, when all is said and done, God has the final say. That's the reason you don't have to, you don't have to let one tear come out of your eyes based upon what a man has to say. Because when all is said and done, God has the final say. Some of you in here know what I'm talking about because based upon man's limited knowledge, Dirt should be on top of you right now. Based upon man limited knowledge, you should be in the crazy house right now. Based upon man's limited knowledge, you should be a wino for the rest of your days. But because God stepped in, cleaned you up from your crown to the sole of your feet, put on the inside of you His cleansing power, fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, change your mindset change your thoughts change your talk you haven't been the same since you better tell somebody can't nobody do you like Jesus and he does have a, have the final say how many based upon man's report you shouldn't even be here right now you shouldn't even be talking in your right mind but God done bless you so to where you can't give the credit to nobody but him am I talking about you Said you never gotta expect God's name to show up and do what he does. When the name Jesus shows up, he gonna save. When the name Jehovah Jireh shows up, he's gonna provide. When the name Jehovah Nissi shows up, he's going to give you a sign of what he's going to do. When the name Jehovah Rapha shows up, he's going to give you a healing. And when he shows up, it's going, it's going to be clear. Because he's either going to announce it through one of his servants, or he is going to allow it to be sensed in his glory. When the glory of God fills a church, you're going to sense Jehovah Rapha that healing is in the building. When God decides that it's your time to experience Jehovah Jireh, you're going to point blank see something with your literal eyes. Abraham was ready to take his own son's life. But all of a sudden, God told him to hold it and to look. And he looked and he seemed a ram caught in the thicket. God showed him, I done provided a sacrifice for you. Let the boy go. And Abraham was so taken by what God said to where he said, this place from this time forward is going to be called Jehovah Jireh because God done showed up with an offering. God done showed up with a blessing just for me. And sometimes you can sense when Jehovah Jireh is in a place. You can just walk on a lot and just say, Jehovah Jireh is here. I'm going to get what I came for today. 
Say to your neighbor, there's no name like the name of God. But his name will show up in various ways. And I come to tell you when his name shows up, his name is going to manifest the meaning thereof. Do you believe that? In my clothes. Psalmist said, I will wait on your name. Because it's good. Some folk, when they utter things about God, it's always bad. You hear folks degrade God's tithe. And I'd be like, Lord, God implemented tithe to be for good, for the good of the people. People talk about the tongues. They talk about the gifts of God in a bad way. But he implemented all that, allowed all that to manifest for us. But people take it as something bad. But I'm like the psalmist. His name is good. His name also equates his word. And we can go further by saying his word is whether written or revealed. His word is. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.